The D and Davis Show. D and Davis, the show. We are back this week. Of course, we're going to be uh, football heavy with the draft coming this Thursday, the virtual draft. Uh, so we're definitely going to discuss that and also talk about the last dance, uh, the Bulls documentary about the last championship season. It's, it's more than just the last championship season. It's kind of giving you the narrative of how that team came together and uh, also the villains, which Jerry Cross and Jerry Reinsdorf play terrifically during that documentary. I am Kenneth Davis, and the next voice you hear, his name is... D. Demond Spurl. What's happening, everybody? Hey, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at D. and Davis Show. Once again, it's at D. and Davis Show. Facebook.com forward slash D. and Davis Show. Simply go to our bios, click on the link, and take you to every place that you can find the D. and Davis Show. D. and Davis to Flip and West Row Flip, all right? Hey, make sure you follow me on Twitter and IG at Demond's One, D-E-M-O-N-Z-E-1. Ken is on Twitter at That's Davis, IG as well. And it's like producer of the D. and Davis Show, DNA names are flipping West Row Flip, Ryan Bukovsky. You can find Ryan on Twitter at Ryan B. Ski and on IG at Ryan B. Ski 1. All right, guys, let's go off top. Off the top. Wait, I want to go first. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ooh, okay. okay. The news of the day a Polish man going to Florida. Rob Gronkowski reading. <laughs> oh, man. Bill Belichick this- said, get out. Rob Gronkowski was done with no fun land, and then he wants to be with his boy. And if uh, they can somehow play pretty well, that's a pretty good duo for Tampa. The question is, will they play? Yeah. That's, I don't that's know how to question. grade Tom Brady's last season because he didn't have much around him, but he stunk. So I don't know yeah. what that means. I, no, I, I he didn't stink, though. He didn't stink. He, he wasn't Tom good. Brady. He wasn't Tom he just, Brady. He wa- it wasn't a good season. Yeah, I agree with that. overall for him. I agree with that. No, I, you know what? I think I don't think too many people are surprised by number one. Uh, number two, I'm with you, Ryan. I don't know how good they're going to be. I mean, do I think they'll be better with the with Tom Brady and Robert Gronkowski? There, yeah, they should be, right? And those receivers, and those receivers, right? And at least one of the tight ends that they got there right now. But this is the thing, though. I do think you're probably only going to have maybe, what, a two-year window with Tom that's, Brady? That's the contract he signed. So, okay, uh, for sure, for sure, right? But you know that he's the ultimate competitor. He might turn around and sign another one, right? I want to play till 50. But this, is the thing, but this is the thing, though. They're not, it's, a, it's a high, high chance that they might not have a season, right? So you have a whole entire year, and Ken, you talk about this all the time, not having that NFL body as far as, like, getting hit. Like, you could be off for the year, but you don't have that NFL shape, right? NFL way into that, that skin to you. Exactly, mm-hmm. skin to you. So if you're talking about having a guy who's, what, five time, Brady, 43 years old? Yes, I believe so. He's 43 years old, right? Rob Gronkowski is was, I guess, semi-retired down in the WWE. He actually has a title right now. Uh, lost a lot of weight. Lost a lot of weight, right? And you're talking about having a year off, possibly, possibly, and then trying to turn it back on the following year. I don't, I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm, with, I'm, in, I'm, with, I'm with Bill Belichick. Get, hey, go ahead, play boy. Give me that pick. He, yes, he wasn't gonna get anything. He wasn't gonna get anything. So right. I'm gonna turn a player that retired into a fourth round pick. I think it's another win for Bill Belichick. I, I just don't know. Maybe. I'm not no can. I don't. All right. My thing is this: um, Bill Belichick has basically looked at his risk reward as far as the age of those two players. It's funny during the Last Dance, you keep hearing people saying that Jerry Cross really was looking at Pippen 
and that last season is breaking down is running the reasons that why he was going to flip the team over. And Bill Belichick has been looking like Gronk has always been hurt. Let's be honest with that. Like, you don't know if he you're going to get a season. And there have been times where they were in the championship and he had been out three games before that. And they may have won. Sometimes they didn't. But you don't have a guy that's going to be there all season long, regardless of how great he is. And with Tom Brady, you still know that you have to sit there and uh, provide him with a, a certain amount of talent where it seems that Belichick has kind of switched the team back to how it was initially when Brady got there. And it's a defensive team rather than being an offensive team, you know? So it's like, it's the reinvention. Also, if you kind of look at the plan, I never thought about this. I just said it, but if you look at the plan, the plan has been for him to get a quarterback on a low contract because that's the way he can sit there and still funnel money into that, that defense. But also, if he has to go out and get a primetime receiver somebody, he can do it on that rookie deal like everybody else has been doing. Like he um, wanted Jimmy. He wanted I think, to keep Jimmy. Yeah, I think um, it's a good deal. I just caught, before we talked, it hit me. Tom Brady has always wanted, and, and in ways he's exceeded, he clearly has exceeded. He wants with, with, uh, with Peyton Minahan. He will like, think about that first year in Denver. This is that first year in Denver. That's what this is. This is this is that first year. He has it's loaded. It's loaded more than what Denver was on offense with Sanders and Thomas, basically, and the running backs that they had. Like this team is freaking loaded. And I mean, yeah, he now he's not at the same height he was before, but this is a, a genius when it comes to offense, basically. And now yeah. there's there's mismatches all over the place, man, and good weather. So, you know, one of the things we talked about before, I mean, playing in England, weather, playing in New England, now home games, you're down there in Tampa Bay. I think it's going to be, if they stay healthy, I think it's going to be hard on the NFC South. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, man. now that see some of that stuff that we were like the Saints uh, could kind of squeak by. And I'm not saying, of course, they, they play better than squeaking by. But like the comp wasn't up because Atlanta wasn't real. Cam's been hurt. You know what I'm saying? It's like, going between them and the Saints. Yeah, now it's a real dog in the, in the house. And you have to be on top of your game, D. But think about this, though. This is probably going to be the first time Tom Brady had someone, had another quarterback in his division that's just that damn good to another Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. yeah so this is, this is going to be something, too. And they got to play each other two times a year. So that's going to be something that he has. going to be in prime time? Oh, my goodness. Are you serious? Are you serious? <laughs> now listen, but, this is, but this is my thing, though. I think, I think Drew Brees had a better season last year than Tom Brady. He can't even play though, weapons. Even though, yeah. even though, true, but even though, he, even though uh, uh, Drew had the thumb, the thumb injury, right? When the thumb? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah thumb injury, right? So, but, but like I said, my overall thing is, okay, fine, Ken, I agree with you about everything on the field. I'm just curious to see if they're even going to have a season. And then you got to turn it back on the following season if that happens. I think they're going to have a season. That's my only I think, thing. I know when we were on the text thread with Gabe today, I didn't chime in on it because it was like you guys were going back and I was doing something else. Mm-hmm. But I do think, you, you know, still think fans, it's be possibly fans won't be in the stands. Uh, but I do believe that perhaps they're going to have a season. What, they, what may happen is sometime in the fall, if there's a resurgence of Corona, uh, COVID-19 uh, virus, which we expect to probably happen, they may suspend the season for a while and try to see if they can come back in the spring and finish it off. Because you season. know what? Because every every winter sport has to have a contingency plan, a plan now. You have to be like, what happens when this comes back in the fall? You know, like, how long is it going to take? Now, we probably only stay home for maybe a month. You know what I'm saying? Perhaps then we have better testing. 
We know we probably won't have a vaccination, but until we have a vaccination, which Djokovic says he's not taking it. And I understand the worries of vaccinations, just putting something in your body, especially something that's rushed the market. And this is like in our lifetime, in our lifetime, we've never had something like this rush to market. You know what? So I I do understand, like, look, I don't know if I want to trust what, you know, and we don't know the long term effects of what that vaccination is could happen because it's it's the first time we're taking it. But I do think that the NFL is not going to sit there and just I I think they're going to have a season. I I do. I mean, now I could be wrong. Uh, I could be pie in the sky, but I do believe they have a season. Uh, But even with that, when you're just bringing up that point, D, that also affects the Saints because Drew Brees is oh, a year, absolutely. He's a year older with yep. a week with a weaker arm than Tom Brady. He, and he, a one year deal only. And dude, he has he, he got a long thrower behind him basically. It's like <laughs> hey man, I can't it's all the way down there. All right, here you go, Jason. Like I mean, he has a, he, he gets subbed out basically for deep balls. Mm-hmm. So I mean if you if you think about that, even if you look at and I think he'll have a better season this year, if you look at Alvin Kamar having a down season, but still when you're thinking about Mike Thomas and just the fact that Mike Thomas the season before with the amount of catches he had put himself on the map, getting paid and not even having Tom Brady, he took that to another level to show you this is not just Drew Brees. You know what I'm saying? Like, definitely I have a great offensive line in my head coach, but I'm that type of beast, period. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's to have a guy, a beast like that, because think about it, Brady's basically the only guy he had like that was basically Randy Moss. Now, Randy Moss is, of course, greater and faster, mm-hmm. right. but still, like, Mike Thomas is a stud. When you got him and Alvin Kamal. Mike Evans? No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about the Saints. Oh, for Drew Saints. Talking the Saints. Talking about the Saints. When, like, so, I mean, he has some studs, and now you sit there, you have Godwin, you have Evans, you got Cameron Bray, probably maybe when you're talking on text line, O.J. Howard said the eyeball out or whatever, if you're going to keep him, even though I was watching NFL Live, and I believe they were saying that they were going to probably flex Gronk out to play a little bit more receiver. But, of course, if you're going to fully use Gronk, if you're going to use Gronk, you want him in line because then the the, the safety or um, a linebacker doesn't know really where he's going. If he, like, mm-hmm. fake blocked in or whatever, or still with the block, I think by the time the season comes along, Gronk is going to have put on more weight, maybe not to the point where he was before, but just to protect himself, to he's going to put on the tab in more because he's a tight end. I mean, that's right, just the right. truth of the matter. Like, he's not breaking away from from, from cornerbacks, even though his height-wise can be used and utilized in this type of situation. But to me, it's just like, whoa, Brady is like, I'm going to blow this gun. This, before I go, I'm about to let this ride out right here. Right? Like, I'm going to let you know you thought I was great. I'm about to let you know what greatness is, and it's exciting. I mean, it's I can't listen. I, I halfway can't wait, and I have I only played a little bit of uh, uh, Madden like maybe three weeks ago when I got up early on a Saturday and I popped it in for the first time, and I so I'm wasting money just acquiring this game. But I can't wait for next season to play with that Tampa Bay team. To be honest with you, because that passing game is gonna be ridiculous. It's gonna be nice. It's gonna be nice. All right, Kane, what you got? Go for get the, a roster update right now and play with them. You can, yeah, I, know, I know. I can't. I know. I can't. I, I knew I can, uh, uh, Ryan. But I, I wanted to put it that way. Uh, as far as <laughs> I knew, I could since I had a new one. I had the old one on a PS3, and it was like, dude, get out of here. It was like the server was like, get your ass out. I was like. <laughs> Damn you, man. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, so, listen, this is my off top. Off top. Uh, sitting there, and we've known that uh, for, uh, they're undefeated, that Draymond Green uh, did an interview in their after-party show with Maverick Carter. I don't know who the other gentleman's name is. And uh, he did the, He did go, I won't say he went at KG, but he explained what he thought KG should have done in that situation that last season. That's not even what I'm here for. He did point out after watching uh, The Last Dance, the Bulls documentary, that he felt that Michael should have came into Scottie's defense when it uh, came to his contract. 
And I've heard several people defend Jordan, some people not defend Jordan. One thing I haven't heard mentioned, and I feel like sometimes the, the, the context is lost. When we were kids growing up, so anyway, Draymond said that if he, he's a player and that if one of his uh, teammates is underpaid, he's going to cape for him and he's going to be on that teammate's, teammate's side, which I agree with. And uh, Jordan, during the, 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 the first program or second one of this documentary, talks about Mike, I mean, Pippen being selfish and having a surgery like Shaq during the season. If you can remember uh, one of those last L.A. Lakers seasons where Shaq had the surgery during the year, and that made Kobe upset because Shaq was out. But Pippen did that first, basically, mm-hmm. as far as that last year. And actually, we talked about it about a month ago because I was talking about Tony Kukoc, and I was like, do, do y'all remember where Pip was out for some month and Tony went off? Mm-hmm. Basically, the team wouldn't have been the same team if Tony didn't play at an above-average level during that season. But this is the thing. When, when Mike says Scotty is selfish because he should have had the, the surgery he's talking about, this was their last go-around, and common sense was – you know, they basically weren't going to give you the money, especially the money to stay here. Scotty got the money on a sign and trade deal from the Bulls. So they gave him, the, they signed him to the deal, but it was really the Houston Rockets because at that time, that's who was going to pay him for the foreseeable future. But one thing that we grew up knowing was Michael Jordan was always underpaid. And the thing that I remember my father always telling me is that Mike never held out because his father told him, once you sign a deal, you have to sit there and honor that deal. So when you're saying that Mike should have done something for Scotty that he didn't do for himself and going against how his upbringing, I don't necessarily know if that's fair or maybe you just don't know about it. But the reason that Mike never held out when he was the best player in the league and he was underpaid was because he signed the contract and his father told him to honor the contract. And I'm sure Mike, unfortunately, felt the same way about Scotty Pippen. So that's my hot take on Draymond Green. Um, I can see where you look at – I can see where Draymond's coming from. Say, like, man, that's your man's. And you know that he's severely underpaid. Even though you were in that boat, doesn't mean that he has to be in that boat as well. And you are Michael Jeffrey Jordan. I'm sure you have some kind of sway. But I agree with you, Ken. Mike, from the simple point of he's all, he's like you say, his father told him to sign a contract if you, I mean, honor a contract if you sign it. He also knew, and he said this in the, in the documentary, he knew Jerry wasn't going to go for it. Mm-hmm. He knew it off jump. Like Jerry ain't Jerry ain't about that life because I went through it. He ain't do it for me. He ain't do it for me. I don't think he gonna do it for you, buddy. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm me, right? It's also two people got to think about it like this. Michael Jordan is now an owner of a basketball team, and I think sometimes now when he speaks, he does speak very highly of players. Like, hey, listen, the players did this, the players do that, the players set you up to win. But he also has the other side of, hey, buddy, uh, baby boy, I gave you that contract. You need to honor that contract. This could be from his upbringing and also the position that he's in right now. So I think a lot of people have to look at where Michael Jordan is at. And as you said, Ken Wick, he was once well, he was once at. He knew Jerry wasn't going to go for it. And also, too, it said it, and I've heard it a thousand times out of Jerry Reinsdorf's mouth. He told him, don't sign this deal. It's almost sound like he signed a deal with the devil. Not saying Jerry Reinsdorf was the devil. But you know, you hear a lot of stories like, hey, man, I'm telling you, I don't think it's a good deal, but you're going to do it. You're going to do it. Don't come back asking me about nothing. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. So did, he, did, did, did Jerry Reinsdorf have to be that stringent when he knew that he was getting over? No. No. But would, do we... But we do know who he is growing up in this city, and our favorite teams are the teams that he owns. We know how he is. So he was wrong. 
He was he was definitely wrong, but we know how he is. So this is Draymond Green, a younger guy who's watching this documentary. I'm sure he's probably host her stories. He's probably talked to Scotty. He might even talk to Michael Jordan. Who knows? He probably got a little back inside uh, knowledge on it. You know, he made and he made his uh, comments. But it's really a lot of younger people watching this documentary for the first time and don't know who Jerry Reinsdorf is and also don't understand the history of Michael Jordan dealing with Jerry Reinsdorf and Scottie Pippen dealing with Jerry Reinsdorf. So I think mm. we coming, I think we're coming at it from a more knowledgeable standpoint yeah. and actually living through it and knowing what's going on because we here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I'm pretty much with you lock and step, Ken. I, you know, with Draymond, I get some of the things he's coming from, but at the same time too, I mean, that's just not Jordan. And Jordan came up in the manner that you pointed out. He comes from that upbringing he was dealing with low contracts himself. He knows the process. Like you said, D, how Jerry Reinsdorf is. So, you know, it's thanks for Scotty. It's kind of tough hearing that. You would like to think that, you know, the Bulls would have done right and maybe some of these rumors ever since the 2000s that the Bulls are cheap and they don't do right by players would mm-hmm. have gone away. But, you know, it is what it is, I guess, because Jerry Reinsdorf, that's how he is as an owner. Then let's, not, let's also not forget that Jerry Reinsdorf – Resigned Scotty Pippen at the end of his career. Let him play. Was it a year and a half? Two years? No, year? no. Was it just one year? Was it just one it year? Was, it? it was like two months because they wore Scotty down. I thought he played. I thought, oh, okay. Yes, oh, right here. He wore yeah, Scotty down. Scotty wasn't longer. supposed to start. And then they he had to start. Scotty started and his That's knees right. went like maybe in the third, by the 30th game if it was that far. It was yeah. beautiful to watch. It was. It was great. He was with the Mickey Bulls a little bit, right? Yeah, he was with the younger Bulls. It was yeah. beautiful to yeah. watch, but they overplayed Scott in his knees. His knees were already gone. His knees left him. Also, too, during this, uh, during the last... It may have been a two-year contract, though. I'm not sure. Yeah, I thought it was... Long, I don't know if it was a two-year contract, he only... Yeah, he didn't play that long. He didn't play that long. But two things. Number one... Uh, we don't have to worry about Scottie Pippen, his finances. He made about $130 million over his NBA career. He's at the back end of his career, though. He had a lot of money. For Whoa, the- you know you got to divide that right by because Uncle Sam, you're his cut. Oh, no, 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 no. I know, no, no, no. Okay, I'm, I'm talking so about contract-wise, contract-wise. That's wise. what I'm saying. Like, uh, contract-wise, contract-wise. Yeah, yeah. No, no contract-wise. He, he made but also, he got, he got a lot of money stolen from him at one point, Yeah, he did. He, he made some bad investments. Yeah. But I don't know if y'all saw this doing Twitter because I was, man, I was tweeting and I was going back and forth when I was watching the world like that. Is he still married to Laura Pippen? They got a no, divorce, right? They got a divorce. They got a divorce. Larsa. Larsa Pippen, yeah. So she tweeted out like, uh, yeah, he did just fine. <laughs> like, he got money. Don't worry about Scottie Pippen. She, like, got, she got bread. When, I think she comes with bread, too. Do she? I think so. Wow. Okay. She, 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 she the one who messed around yeah. with Future, right? Then her and Future have a Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Alleg- <laughs> Alleg- okay. Okay. That's the no deface. <laughs> that's that's the deface. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was interesting. She tweeted that out, but go ahead. Did Jerry Reinsdorf kind of hire Scotty when he was going through some financial problems as like the ambassador, and that's when Scotty was coming to the games a lot? I think he was fine by then. I think he was fine. I think he was fine. But I also think Yeah, but I also think because they they want to try to change the narrative that like how can this organization be a great organization but you you have no connection with your top two players and at least you can kind of now have an excuse with Mike like he owns his own team why is he going to be doing anything for us but you didn't even have Scotty in the house and look you just brought Lawrence I mean uh, you brought uh, Horace back like two and a half years ago yeah, I was about to say it wasn't him and Horace yeah but Horace, it, Horace came after Horace came yeah you just brought Horace back you know what I'm saying and I mean I can remember Horace and I think he That's had a quarterback he was on the team. 
I can remember him having a Corvette and they were like, where you going to play horse? He's like, somewhere where it's warm and I can drink some doctorate <laughs> and drove out the parking lot. And it was always contentious with the better players in this organization or even with the, the White Sox, both of the teams that Jerry, Jerry Rice up as the chairman of. There was always this thing where it's like, the people that don't have to kiss your butt long term, you don't seem to have an affinity for them to the people that kind of need you more than the, the stars need you as far as their, their, their well-being and their, their livelihood, basically. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm off the top. Um, listen, we talked about this on a flip for a little bit, and it was about the WWE and how that was named an essential um, business down in Florida, right? Mm-hmm. So today... Uh, someone, I think it was a cameraman, but someone works behind the scenes. Uh, I'm trying to see. Yeah, someone who works behind the scenes at WWE actually called in during a like kind of like a virtual town hall kind of a thing down in Florida in the city that the WWE is performing at. And he came out and said like, hey man, listen, uh, my name is John, although his name ain't John. And it was like, I just want to say that uh, these working conditions aren't that good. We're close to a lot of people. There is no social distancing, and we should not be here. This is mm. not an essential Ooh. business. That's why Gronk got out. He was like, oh, man, this is messed up. <laughs> Touch somebody? Uh-uh, <laughs> They're actually essential. Keep your title. So, um... So, no, yeah, he came out. Now, the WWE came out right behind and said, hey, listen, you know, uh... The guy did say, he, oh, yeah, he feared that if he said anything to anybody within the company, he would get fired because mm-hmm. he probably would. Um, and there's been a lot of people that has been let go. We talked about that. And, you know, saying Vince McMahon will fire somebody ass in a second. So uh, but he's like, yeah, my name is John. I just want to let y'all know about this. This is happening. Also, it was interesting, too, in an article that I read that uh, the report, a reporter talked to two small businesses around the WWE performance and center. And one person was like, hey, listen, they come outside. They ain't practicing no social distancing. They right next to each other. No, it ain't good over there. The other person was like, hey, man, listen, people got to make a living. Go ahead, let them do what they got to do. So, but it is interesting that from within the company, people are coming out and speaking out because you typically don't hear that too much from the WWE. It's like, once you get inside, you're inside. Once you get out, then people kind of chat, you chat or whatever like that. But this is interesting that he actually called into a government uh, town hall, like an official to the mayor, who's a black guy, I believe. Yeah, he is. And uh, he was like, anybody else got anything to say? He's like, yeah, we got only one comment. And this is from John and he works for the WWE. So that's making, making this round around, around uh, social media, around the, I guess the news in general. So what do you all think about that? Simple fact that someone's coming in from the outside, from the, from the inside speaking out how, no, this is not an essential business. They should be shut down. Um, I mean, the whole WWE essential business thing, and we just know it's BS because of the governor and the connection to Trump. Yeah. Um, one thing. Now, I'm sure that this guy is an employee. He's a part of the crew. Mm-hmm. You can at least try to set up the crew where there is social distancing. But these wrestlers, like that person that said, you know, when they come out, they're not practicing social distancing. I don't know if they're referring to wrestlers or the crew. But these wrestlers aren't going to be able to uh, uh, aren't going to be able to perform social distancing because they're wrestling one another. Exactly. He said the only so, time only time you don't you so, at least from them they said the only time there's no social distancing is actually when they're taping. And when so and look, we, which we makes just, sense. We finally had one UFC player that they said has corona. You know, it's more than that. You had the uh, Nunez, I believe it's Amanda Nunez. She said uh, today, yesterday, like I'm out of the upcoming uh, UFC fight. 
let me at least get a whole uh, training going on after this is over. She like it. I'm not going to do it, which is just mm-hmm. common sense not to do it. Right. Um, it's 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 America foolishness. I mean, that's just the truth. That's it's unfortunately the country that we live in now, where even though we can be we're partisan, that we still don't sit there and know that there's a line. Regardless, and it's like, especially for something that's not necessary, there's no really, there's no reason to really cross this line. And the fact that one, the governor went so far to allow them to be able to cross it, and then after that, they fire everybody anyway. Man, bump yeah. Vicks, bump Vicks, the man, and everything he has to do with, and the whole family as far as except Triple H. Yeah. I was kind of like, I was kind of like, they only married him. I was kind of, I was kind of like, he, he was part of the group that brought me back. Him, Stone Cold, and definitely The Rock. They kind of brought me back into wrestling. Uh, after I forgot our life. flip story then, Ken. Oh, uh, what was the flip story? Remember back, uh, I think it was last summer with the t-shirt with the... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Triple H, too. Thank you, Ryan. Because he runs NXT. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. There were racist t-shirts they were going about for anybody that doesn't... I didn't want to have a What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, WWE is essential. That's BS. I know that, like, Bob Manfred, he came out, he expects baseball to happen this year. All these sports leagues are itching to get back to work. There's just too much money being lost. So I think we will get some kind of sports eventually, and that would make sense that WWE would be one of those that comes back, especially mm-hmm. with how much revenue they make. But uh, I, hope, uh, I hope that the government isn't stupid about this and, like, saying, hey, you know, let the states figure out when to come back and then not even check on how some of these things, like, I know you can't go around checking social distancing for everything, but some of the big revenue stuff, mm-hmm. I'd be making sure that that is up and up. Because if you're putting people in these bad positions, you know, all kinds of lawsuits could happen down the road potentially. Mm-hmm. My whole thing, why would any business, now listen, I don't, I don't own a business. We're obviously, as you can see, watching this on YouTube right now, we're not in the same place, right? We're doing this via... Uh, B, B, is right, B is right over there. We're I'm going to touch, touch, touch your finger. <laughs> But but obviously, I would think that if I'm a business owner, I'm like, man, I don't want nobody in my establishment. Then turn around and say, I called Rona from it. You know what I'm saying? That's just that's just me. Like, I'm not making any money, D. You're not making nothing. I'm with you. The liability aspect is why I don't think you should. But they're not making nothing. But how about this though? I won't be making nothing if no one is able to come here to begin with. I got you. Got to think of. I, I get what you're saying, Ken, but you got to think long game too. Hey, if my constituent, my constituents, my patrons, my employee, my, not plays, our customers mm-hmm. are sick, I, even though I got my doors open and nobody coming in, Dude, I, what what hear, really happen? When we hear about recalls, we know that they sit there. Like, think about Fight Club mm-hmm. and what Ed Norton says in there. Basically, like they rule on how many people die and those lawsuits compared to how much a recall is going to cost awesome. them. It's the, 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 the cost equation yeah. that they rule on. So yeah, liability wise, these lawsuits, how much is, let's say I have to pay all of them $15,000 and it's like a hundred people compared to filling that stadium up, how much money I'm going to get at that gate. And that's what, that's what, again, that's what, dog, I mean, I, what you're saying is logic, but we're talking about Georgia's telling us to go get fades. 
Yeah, and tattoos. Right? So, my I mean, God, and a massage. Just, so just think about that. So they're saying <laughs> that in Georgia, they're weighing the economic situation more and then the ramifications of people's health and what's going to happen. And that's going to start to expand into other industries where people are like, you know what? We just, people going, they're going to say, people going to die, we're going to open it up. It's not going to be funny if it's your granny or your family member that has a preconsistent condition. I just, I would just feel, I'd be very, very hesitant. Uh, about opening my business if I had one. Mm-hmm. And at least it was something where I knew there really couldn't be any social distancing because going to a game or going to an event, there is no social distancing, right? Like Chicago, a lot of Palooza still haven't been canceled. They've canceled other things like the Blues Fest. Yes. It's coming. Gospel. It's coming. Gospel mm-hmm. Fest. It's coming because it's kind of like early in the season, early in the summer. Mm-hmm. A lot of Palooza is in August here in Chicago, right? They're kind of the end of, middle, end of August, yeah, right? Yeah, it's like end of August. End of August, right? So, but something like that, and those kids are go. My goodness, they those will go, are, they and they'll be on, home. they'll be on his shoulders. They're gonna be doing yeah. God knows what, doing God knows what with each other. Is I would just be like, man, <laughs> all the Rona, really? and it's gonna be Rona two point mm-hmm. It's gonna be something different. Mm-hmm. Slightly, and, we talked about that before. Slightly, slightly different. Okay, not, all not, right. as, not as much mutation as the flu, dude. I mm-hmm. saw an article saying that it, it, one of the um, symptoms is you get rashes on your body. They finding that out, right? So, and this is coming from a, uh, from ABC Seven. They found that out. So, I would be hesitant if I was a WWE, if I was an NFL, MLB, whoever, to have something and be like, I gotta weigh the risk reward or the money with the life kind of a thing because somebody might sue me, but I don't have to make some more money. Maybe it's just me. Maybe that's why I'm not a billionaire. I would be very, very hesitant about opening up anything. That's just me, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, like, what happens when a player gets sick, when, if, like, all these crew members are going into quarantine, what happens if crew members or enough mm-hmm. of them get sick, does that mean games or other things have to be postponed, how many, like, you know, locations are there going to be, it, it's going to be just so many variables and wild cards to deal with, and I just wonder, maybe down the road, some big liability possibility pops up and that's when everything gets halted all over again. What if they make you sign something that right. allows them to get away with it? Yeah, and the ticket. The ticket can sit there and be like, yep. you know, if you catch something on here, it's at your own risk. Man. Like, yeah, what if they end up doing that? Like, I, would, I would never go to another game if they made me do that. I mean, but it, it's not for you. It's for the people that because you shouldn't go to the game right now anyway. Yeah, right. Like, if the Sox, listen, oh look, definitely. Ryan's a Cubs fan. We're Sox guys. I go to both parks. Yeah, exactly. If, me too. If yeah. I got free tickets to any of those games, I'm right. probably not going. Like it, and you just mentioned Lollapalooza in August. They're gonna use that as an excuse because they're gonna be like, it's hot. Uh, even though we've heard the heat doesn't do exactly what we thought it did at the beginning of this, mm-hmm. they're still going to use that. And I mean, if they still hold it, they're still going to use that. They're also going to look, they look at the fact that it's young people. And it's like, we already, dog, you don't stay too far from me. How many motorcycles do you hear nowadays going, uh, going around? All the time. I, now, I'm right on Stony, so I, I'm not too far from Stony. So mm-hmm. I hear the motorcycles. And I was up, 
I got up like at like I, this is one of those mornings that I was up early, so it was like five something, mm-hmm. and it, I heard a crew of bikes go past. Right, and my mm-hmm. first thoughts is like they're not com- like these guys haven't been riding these bikes nonstop since nine o'clock the night before. They stopped somewhere and they hung out. You know what I'm saying? So if, if you want to lie and say they're on a bike, they're social distancing, even though the wind is blowing past them, whatever, 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 person behind you. But still, these, there are so many people that are outside kicking it because they have nothing to do. And because of their youth, it's not serious to them, basically. And you look at the same thing with Lollapalooza. And I, I mean, that's the main reason, as you just said, what was it, today or yesterday? As you said, the Blues Fest and the Gospel Fest got canceled? Uh, today. That was today. They, they, yeah, them old folks ain't coming out for that Gospel Fest and that Blues Fest. Oh, absolutely not. And all, especially, and those are the people, I mean, even though these all, I mean, those things are free, but those are the things where, you know, those spaces fill up quickly. But that, mm-hmm. it's, no, it's no reason even to do it. But I mean, it, it, dude, I don't know when's the next time I'm going to feel comfortable being in that situation. Now, it may be right. when offices were open back up and I'm used to being back in the office and I'm already taking that risk. So then it's like, all right, I'm already taking this risk. But also, my last part is, is this. I think most of us in those situations and now this new reality that we live in on trying to protect ourselves with PPE or whatever we do when we go outside, mm-hmm. we're just going to be bringing that to the stadium. You know what I'm saying? Like for real, I'm gonna have Matt Perel. Whenever the lights yeah. are, oh, whenever yeah. the lights are, gets back on deck. Listen, I wish I had to stop before. Dog, I'm hoarding it like it's going out of style when that Lysol hits the deck again. I'm going to have my Lysol with me. You know what I'm saying? Now, maybe they won't allow that aerosol can in the stadium because they think I may have a bomb on me or something. <laughs> but I'm going to... It wouldn't surprise me if they... It wouldn't surprise me if a lot of a lot of places you go to, and maybe maybe even tra- uh, mass transportation, possibly, right? That's kind of far, it's kind of far in the future, but I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me when, as soon as you walk into a facility, they give you a mask, they give you gloves. Mm. It would yeah, how about uh, instead of a poncho, they give you a disposable like hazmat suit to throw away? <laughs> My God, <laughs> only the bulls on a, on, a, on hazmat yeah, suit. They'd be all in the parking lot. People just toss them off, getting into their car. <laughs> it was a nasty game last night. <laughs> nasty. Um, no, it, how how crazy? I don't think that's too crazy to think. Like, man, you walk in, here's your mask and here's your gloves, along with your nice little ball, be a ball team's hat or something like that. You know, it's the the, the team's logo on the mask, team logo on the on on the gloves. It's, I don't think that's that far-fetched to think about it. I think we're going to end up getting what China put into effect with those thermal cameras. And they're going to use that. And now they got the excuse to invade our privacy even more. Like it's for your health. And they're going to have that going into that stadium. And they're going to see who's at 103 or 100 walking in there and be like, hey, you, come, come here real quick. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You have a fever. That's one of the main things. That's one of the main things they're going to try to check to see who has a fever. Because I mean, but that the people that are asymptomatic will still be up in there with no fever, coughing on us, Damn. making our meals. Think about think about it real quick. Think about like if guarantee rate was open, the Wrigley Field was open. How many employees you have in there touching stuff? Yeah, like just oh, man. Do they talk about? Do they talk about having people not going to grocery stores no more because grocery store workers are dying? Think about mm-hmm. that. Think about that. All right, my, my last off top, our last off top, and it's kind of going with what D was talking about as far as the WWE because you got to watch Vince McMahon and you should really never trust him. <laughs> and that is something from ESPN <laughs> where the former XFL commissioner, Oliver Luck, yes, Andrew Luck's father, sues Vince McMahon for wrongful termination. So Oliver Luck got hit with a, a little notice the day before all the WWE last week got hit that terminated him. Yeah! Fire! 
so that he can't get any of his money. And over the, 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 the prolonged time of his contract, he's supposed to get $20 million. And my first thought, and I've always kind of wondered about Oliver Luck and this, this cachet that he's had. But when I heard that he was going to be the commissioner of XFL, I knew that little inkling in the back of my mind was right. Because I was like, why if Oliver Luck is this, this bastion of goodness or a decent human being, will he ever trust Vince McMahon? And Oliver, you got exactly what the hell you're asking. Ken, question for you. Because you don't trust Oliver or Vince. Vince allegedly and whatever this lawsuit is saying, he fired him not because of COVID related, because of work performance related. Do you think that's true or is no. he in his ass? That's, I'm that's not giving lie. you that $20 million. That's it was lie. like, I just lost $100 million in this and you still think you're going to get your 20 when it's defunct, basically, even though since this is in bankruptcy, there's a chance that it can come back? No, he's like, I'm not paying you. Like, there, there's no reason. Like, for instance, facts, right? I still pay my daycare. I don't give him the same amount of money, but I still pay Kelsey's daycare. And clearly, I don't have to. You know what I'm saying? She's not there. They're not feeding her. They're not picking her up. I'm doing all of that, right? And this man was like, I will have none of that, sir. I'm like, you're not, like, Ken, I hear what you said, but no, nah, we don't do that on this side. Like, get rid of the XFL, furlough the WWE, get yeah. my money back. Yeah, like... Listen, I did. One, I did read in, in, in the ESPN article uh, that is since it's in bankruptcy, it's up for sale. So I ever wonder if someone else, maybe down the line, a few years down the line, might want to pick it up. But the I, Donald, I once the he Donald. leaves the office, oh my god, mm, that'd be terrible. He'd be having them playing with no helmets. Nah, nah. He loves football. He's been he, dying. He no one. No, no. Please, just no. like the, U, <laughs> the no. USFL. Please right. no, please no. Um, you know what? It's kind of uh, is is bogus as hell. But as you said, you gotta watch out for Vince. Uh, I mean, I, I know a lot of people that work for him. That's you know saying I, I was watching one of the Rock's uh, live uh, IG uh, things, and he man, he's like he's my best friend. He's my, my mentor. I love him. He's the Rock. He's the Rock, though. That's my point. That's of my course. Point. You're gonna make he's sure that's that, yeah. You're gonna make sure that's greased. Exactly. You, right. He's the rock. Come on. And now. he wants those returning <laughs> wait, WWE checks for the guest appearance. Wait, wait, wait. Exactly. hundred percent. Hundred percent. Ask the Brooklyn Brawler about it then. <laughs> <laughs> tell me what he thinks. Ask Doink the Clown. If yeah, if he's still alive, unfortunately. Don't yeah. tell me what he thinks. So but no, no, no. Uh well actually the guy who's Doink the Clown actually worked for Vision Man. Anyway, that's a whole whole other thing. Uh, no, listen. <laughs> Actually, Let me just it real quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I know he worked for him, but no, I agree with you, man. Listen, it's bogus as hell, but it should not be shocked. It shouldn't shock anybody. He just lost a hundred million dollars of his own money. Mm-hmm. He had to lay off lay off wrestlers and other people at the at the, at the gig at his company that he owned, WWE. What makes him think that he's going to pay Oliver Luck? Twenty million dollars. To do I nothing. Been, I would have been like, hey, say, Ryan. I, to do nothing. I listen. I would if I was Oliver. <laughs> if I was Oliver. If I was Oliver, I'm like, hey, listen. All right, then. I want that money. I, you ain't. But he know he ain't gonna get all twenty. Yeah. Let's work something out here. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, that's probably what's gonna happen in the lawsuit. That's what's gonna happen. He, he's gonna get something. Yeah, he's gonna, gonna be like, all right, dude. You just can't fire the dude off. Jump like that. You know, yeah. my son, all beat up. 
And you gonna put me out here in these streets? I know he got money from Jim Irsay, but still, we need money on top of money. He probably you gonna, think, he, uh, he gonna get something. Do you think Vince McMahon just has COVID nightmares? Like he just wakes up sweaty with his steroid body. <gasps> you cost me a hundred million dollars in the NFL. God damn it! God damn it! You know, yeah. Listen, going with what we talk about in the flip then, if that's true, you know he's blaming China. Oh, you know, right? He's on the phone oh, with Trump, yeah. like, man, I'm trying to eat my mom, 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 mom. just being. I'm filthy. here to put uh, all my WWE employees up to a draft to volunteer <laughs> to invade China. Like, just you have a, all my soldiers. A filthy human being, to say uh, the least. Yeah, but yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's right just there. for him to trust. It. When he when I first announced he was the commissioner, I swear I did one of these because I was like, "You running with Shorty like that? Like that? When we grew up outside in the hood, our parents told us like, oh, and they, my, my, it's funny. They let me do." it to a certain degree anyway particularly let's just say my father but it was like oh you're hanging out with so-and-so i don't know okay. about that i don't know about that or whatever and left me to my druthers for me to find out for myself now if i got killed my daddy really would have messed up <laughs> luckily i didn't hey this is rich campbell from the chicago tribune and you're listening to the dean davis show yeah you know we've we've already touched base with with numerous teams and, and talked over some of those things i think that's, we do that every year. I think it makes it a little easier. But one of the things, you know, I was just talking to, to Matt and, and, and Joey Lane this morning about this. I think the, the continuity that we have with each other um, makes it easier. I, I don't feel like uh, trades for us uh, are going to be uh, any more any more difficult this year. I mean, I have a phone here right in front of me. But no, It's the same phone that I would have in the draft room with every GM direct dialed on and, and click of one button. So. I think everything's efficient. I think leaning on the continuity of our staff. Um, I don't have any concerns about us pulling off trades or being aggressive in that nature if we need to be. D and Davis, the show, we are back. It's definitely time for us to transition. The NFL draft is taking place this Thursday. That's right. It's going to be a virtual draft. Uh, one thing that stood out to me, uh, the Lions are going to park an IT, uh, uh, basically yeah, in an Winnebago. Outside. Yeah, at Winnebago outside of their GM's house. Oh, that's smart. Right. But this is a kicker. So then I was like, what are the Bears doing? And the IT people came and they put, you know, different cameras and uh, monitors inside of Ryan Pace's house. Uh, he's worried to be jokingly worried about his wife vacuuming and knocking the court yeah. out because I guess she, she did. did. <laughs> but the, the thing is this. They didn't say nothing about no RV outside his crib. They expanded his bandwidth. They expanded Ryan Pace's bandwidth. But they didn't put an RV out there. So, man, something happened. Somebody could run in here and get this stuff right. Like, if you listen, if every GM, damn it, it'll be not even that. Every GM and the dude, the top assistant, should have one of these RVs outside their crib. For real. Like, real talk. Like, if you really, if this is a, a billion-dollar business. Mm -hmm. This isn't a time, especially, okay, hypothetically saying what DJ said about what if there's no season. So, it's even more important who you're drafting because you're, you're looking at redshirting these kids, perhaps, in a way. Absolutely. So, and you, but listen, again, I'm not saying you're looking at athletics, you're looking at the uh, injuries as far as whatever, but character has to play a huge point in this if you don't even know if you're going to have them in your building. You know, like, what if you got an F up? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is one of those times you, yeah, yeah. you could draft a kid and be like, you know, I got these vets. You know, he's going to be in this position room with these vets. And, you know, I got a real leader in there. He could take him under his wing. He, he, he don't do it virtually now. You know what I'm saying? Like, and these kids don't have checks. That's a good thing. Like, for me, Ryan, when you were talking about uh, the NFL should stop and not do the draft, and I was saying one for content, and also so these kids can know where they're at. I'll tell you another main reason. 
these kids are going to get checks. So they're not just sitting there now. They left college, basically. They have no money coming in. The only money they can get is basically borrowing against themselves from their agent Mm -hmm. or going to a bank. At least they can get their checks or whatever. But going back to my point, now you got kids not in the buildings with fresh money on their damn hands. So it's really important who you're drafting because you don't know, as D said, if this season is going to take place, even though I think it will. No, that's a good point um, about as far as I'm having some type of financial uh, backing or standing. But the one thing I say about our professional athletes, we've met them, we just, we talked to them, we've interviewed them. Listen, they, they go to practice, they leave practice, they have a lot of time on their hands. Mm-hmm. And man, you don't, I don't know if you want to have a bunch of 21, 22-year-old rookies that's not around the vets, as you said, having that much time on their hands. So it's, 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 like I said before, I've been saying a thousand times, man, there's so many layers to this that we just don't know what's going to come out of it. Now, as far as the IT van and uh, as far as the Lions uh, GM, listen, the Lions need all the help they can get. Bob Quinn is the GM also, just so you yeah. know. Yeah, the, the Lions need all the help they can get. They need, they need everything. They probably need two, two uh, backup uh, vans. Uh, you know I, I was <laughs> drinking. You saw me drinking right there, right? Don't do that and crack jokes while I'm drinking. <laughs> Listen, I, I don't know what Pace is going to do. Uh, I mean, we could talk about the draft as a whole, but I'm, listen, as we said before, the NFL draft was done over the phone. They could pick up a phone and call it in. Round three, this is who I'm taking. <laughs> Hold on, baby. One, two, three, no, no. <laughs> Commissioner. Hold on. Hold on. Bump all this. What do you guys think is going to happen in two days from now? Who's going one? Who's going mm. two? Who's going three? Are trades happen? What do you guys think is happening? Uh, this isn't a few trades. Uh, Burrow's going you number think? one. You think yeah, there'll be fewer trades? Oh, I'm going to give my rundown. There's going to be fewer trades. Ryan Bates said he feels pretty comfortable with trades and that they've yeah, already been building it up this he week. Shouldn't, the word trade shouldn't be coming out of his damn mouth. I'm pointing up to his box. I don't know where he's at. No, no, no I'm, not, I'm not saying right Bates. I'm saying <laughs> okay, an NFL GM said that it shouldn't be a problem to do trades. Okay. Assuming the other GMs but, feel that way, there might be a lot of trades. But what we've heard is that they, some people feel like there won't be as many trades just because of if you're trying to focus on who you're drafting and you're getting all these calls. And I'm, again, it, it's, it should be able to work. Like he just said, yeah, yeah. they used to be able to do it. But listen, with Ryan Pace in, there's going to be trades. Ryan Pace to trade is OG. So, I mean, I'm not – like, he will trade everything on in the house, right? Trader Joe's and the embodiment of Trader Joe's, basically. Oh, man. Uh, but, he hasn't fallen in love with somebody. But like what D said, uh, definitely Joe Burrow's going number one. Young think, is going number two. I, I think but, Young's going okay. number two. I think number three, and Do that's the Lions. you think Washington is going to trade, though, to try to get Chase Young in case somebody wants to get two of Because so, the, some of the thought here now is oh. that you have to trade up to two to get two up, you really want him. Really? I wouldn't think... Because listen, somebody's trading up to three to get him. No, my dude. man's hip was turned the other way. I would, you know, it, wasn't, it, you, wasn't, it wasn't turned the other way. It popped through the wall. It popped wall. through, right? Yeah. Okay, you have that. You have not been able to look at him medically from your doctors. There is... Listen, I think if he, if, if Bur- if he didn't get hurt and Burrow didn't have the season that he had, P- it, P- it, P- it, he still could have got number one. If, if Burrow had this one. season, he still could have got number one. I agree with you. But we talked about this. We talked about the Bulls and Jerry Krause thinking about Scottie Pippen and breaking down. It's like, oh, man, listen to his body, whatever like that. You haven't been able to really evaluate Tua yourself. 
Mm-hmm. I would not be. I don't know if I would do that. I don't know. If I would trade up the two to get to uh, to go get him. I, I, I just don't know. Now listen, if, me, somebody, if Washington, if somebody called Washington and said like, "Hey, we'll give you our first round pick, uh, third round pick, and something else next year." Oh, you gonna have to get more I, than that. Yeah, depending I mean, on where you're drafting. Now, if you still get Chase Young. Yeah. Yes. So basically, but yes. what we're saying, like yes. Washington would basically be drafted, would be moving like two to three spots down. Yeah, that's maybe as far as they can go. Maybe one. Or yeah, two. that's as far as then. Yeah, what you're yeah. saying, D. Yeah, a yeah. three or yeah, whatever. Absolutely. But this is the thing. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be real honest. Uh, if Joe Burrow didn't have the season that he had, I would still draft Tua over him. Mm-hmm. And, but due to Tua's injuries, I'll take that into consideration. Mm-hmm. But dude, this isn't. This isn't this, the. Um, the Bradford deals. This isn't those crazy Derek, uh, not Derek Carr, David Carr. This isn't those crazy rookie contracts that you used to have where Stafford, especially like, right. Like think about what those contracts would be today. They be getting guaranteed like $67 million. million dollars, yeah, right? yeah. Like you, they're not those contracts. So you know what? If I, if I draft to a, which I would red shirt him anyway, or at least not play him at the beginning of the season, at least get to the bye week. Uh, and hopefully I'll be in the middle of the season. I would draft to it at number two because if he's healthy, you're not getting nothing like that. And, I mean, one thing that Nick Saban has been saying, and for us has always been watching him, is he's trying to play hero ball too much and he holds on to the damn ball. And if you can get that out of him, and I bet you this, it's still there's going to be some times where he does that, but just from what happened, I mean, I remember watching that game and I remember thinking, I remember thinking he broke something. Yeah, because he was crying. I, I knew he broke his nose. I feel like yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew yeah, he broke. We that was a flip. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, but you could tell it was like, damn, Shorty ain't he ain't right, right, yeah, right. He got hurt. He, you know, saying he got hurt. I don't think Shorty want to feel that again. But you know what I'm saying? Quick question. Quick yeah. question for you guys. Yeah, with the two up, how far do you think he could potentially drop if he drops? Like to me. I don't think he's dropping out of the top 10. I was going to say that, I think right. once you get no, around 10, so. but it seems like the Chargers are drafting Tua or Herbert at six. Do you think that there are teams that are going to be itching to draft up or trade up to get Tua, knowing that the Chargers are going to take one or the other at six, and you're only going to have one left? Who are these teams is trying to trade to come get him? You see Miami, and you have the Dolphins that need him. Oakland that need him. The pa- listen, the rumors that he, the Patriots, if with the uh, the 13th pick with the 49ers, dude, if you can Oakland. sit there and Tom Brady walks, and you can bring in two and be like, Shuddy, just relax. I'm a tr- first of all, we're gonna take this year. I'm gonna train you up or whatever. And Save the connection I, with Belichick. Yeah, like he always, he say, they always, he takes players from Alabama. They always talk and go back and forth, like. Dude, the value on Tua if he is healthy, not even put it like that. The value on Tua if he's a little hurt, where let's just say out of a 10 years, you know, he averages, and you know, I'm not saying every season, but he misses two games. Mm-hmm. But you have that phenomenal slinger of the, we're talking about Drew Brees with a stronger arm, basically, you know what I'm saying? And more mobile. Like, dude, I'm, I'm a rock a with gamer. that. And gamer. Dude, to a certain degree, definitely. Uh, players in, in the NFL are bigger, stronger, faster than in college football, but they let a lot of more stuff go with college football than they let in, in it go in the NFL. You know, like as far as just like with basketball, how hacking is basically they, they've been trying to get it out of there, but they've allowed hacking forever. 
but I, he's going to be more protected. He's going to be a lot more protected as an NFL quarterback than as a college football but quarterback. D- depending on what team you go to. No, I mean, the, the rules now alone. Oh, okay. I got you, I got you. Yeah, the, the rules alone now really protects. Like, that's why you get Tom Brady and Drew Brees being 48 years old playing. I just don't see how Miami or L.A. could let somebody leapfrog them to let them take tour. Mm. I think it's going between. It's going to be between the two. I would be honestly shocked. Now, Ryan, you, you did bring up Oakland because they have two first round picks. They have the Bears' first round pick and they have their own. If Las Vegas. You, Las Vegas. I'm sorry, Las Vegas. If uh, if Gruden, and you know Gruden is a gambler. You know what I'm saying? He would love to have. He probably love to have two out there. Uh, and and listen. And then next season, the season after next, whatever the case may be, that's the new location to uh, Oakland Raiders now, Las Vegas Raiders, and they want to open that up. That would be great to have two, uh, you know, saying across the boards, like, hey, this is our guy. They have two first-round picks. I can see them doing it because they have two first-round picks. Will they give up both of them? Probably not. I don't know. But, you know, they have to give them up something to get up that high. But I can't see nobody getting past Miami or L.A. I just don't. I'm with you. I think with the fact that, remember, this whole season we went into a thinking Miami was tanking for Tua. And Miami sat there and with their coach and general manager actually had a good season for a, a good bad, season. for a bad yep. team, yep. show leadership, got rid yep. of Kenny Stills, even though I believe in some of the things Kenny Stills was saying, but they didn't feel like he should have been in the locker room when they traded him out and Laramie Tunsil and I'm saying all that. But look at the picks they got from those trades, though. But Miami did this. They, they actually built their culture up this year. So if instead of when it seemed like you had to be at the, the very bottom to get that first pick like the Bengals, they built up their culture. And now they got the chance to get the guy they wanted while building up a better culture. Mm-hmm. They have to get him. Like that's to me. I agree with you. They have like you, you spent this. You have to get him. And sit there, and you can start to really build your organization. When we're talking to Pete Futek, and he was talking about the amount of uh, first round, first number one draft pick quarterbacks that have actually made won a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and I agree with him. But still, if you have a good quarterback, you're always in contention. Like that's like that's the thing. Like it can overcome having a weak offensive line, defensive line if you have a good quarterback, right? Can 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 Miami really wait? At five, if there's this much speculation on someone trading up, aren't they kind of forced to do what the Bears did? And you got to go get your guy. You got to right? go. Listen, you got to tell the Lions that if they want the cornerback from uh, from Ohio State, they need to come down to five and get him. Basically, because if you that's what you basically have to do, and hope that that player that he's still there yeah. uh, sitting there. Because I'm with you, Ron. I'm not letting him get past three. Like, I'm not. I, I don't think Washington – I don't think Washington wants to risk not getting Chase Young, and that could happen. Like, for, like he's the, – the quarterback, That it's a chance he could still be there. But I think somebody moves up, and they're, definitely they're taking a quarterback. But if you're waiting, let's just say it gets to four, somebody may move up to take Chase Young. Think about what they've been reporting on ESPN about uh, Atlanta and how now with, with, with Drew yeah, Brees – Drew Brees and Tom Brady in there, they want a pass rusher. They let Vic Beasley go. They want somebody to get after these people. And they, they keep going back to when they went and got uh, got Julio Jones. And they came up from like 20 to, to like 7 or 13 or something. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and, but see, so let's take, let's even take Atlanta out of there. There's going to be other teams looking at a generational pass rusher in a quarterback league. Like that's, that's your antiseptic to that. This quarterback league is having a guy that can get on his ass before he can get hit the ball out of his hand. But how stupid would Washington be to not take Chase Young, though? I think they should. I'm taking him. I, I mean, mean 
The I'm one two, one two should be automatic. That's, unless, what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, unless, unless Cincinnati, like you know what, I'm going to take this generational pass rush instead of taking this quarterback right here who would not be number one if Tua was healthy. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying going Chase ahead. might be the top prospect. Period. I yeah, mean, I think he is. Because with Tua's medical being there automatically, yeah. he's, he's got to be the top. He's round. the surest bet. Sure bet. He's the surest bet. Unless he, unless he doesn't have it's hurt. Is, is hurt or he gets into something in, 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 uh, in the NFL as far as like lifestyle and it just doesn't pan mm-hmm. out some kind of way, mm-hmm. he is a sure bet dude. Listen, I, I, is, it, is it crazy even me to say Detroit, although they want the cornerback, yeah. They have Matthew Stafford, but Matthew Stafford is they not gotta that win. dude. They, yeah, they got to win this But year. Matthew Stafford is not that dude either, though. Yeah, so no, who, but who can you say, win with who? Tua this year? No, nope, and the Quinn, they, they just sat there and with, with with Bob Quinn, with Matt Patricia. They listen. We know uh, people in Detroit. They want them gone. Yeah, they and do. and uh, Firestone Ford. Uh, she kept them or whatever. And what you're saying is that Ryan is they have to win this year because what they really should do is trade Matthew Stafford. They like should. they should reload because they got the they got the chance to get not just one. Uh, first round pick, they can probably get two if they move Matthew Stafford, or at least get a high second round pick, or a, <coughs> sorry, a future pick. That's what you need to do because you're at the bottom. Like you're not going to turn that around quick enough. Like even to be honest so why with you, not take Tua? if I was if I was the owner, I would come to them and be like, you know what? Right now we're going to ride this out, even though I'm going to be in this room with you guys. Like for real, I'm not just going to allow you to do whatever. But we right now we're at a position where. Capital wise, to do us losing, we can gain more capital and we can use Matthew Stafford. And also remember this Matthew Stafford right now has a chronic back issue. Mm-hmm. If you can flip him before, if that issue is worse, right now it's quote unquote, from what we know, it may not be worse. If you can move on from him and get value from him before you can't get anything from him, now would probably be the time. Uh, I had another question for you guys, kind of sticking with the NFL draft trades. How many think uh, potential trades, maybe no trades, but for some of these wide receivers in the late top ten? Because there is some talk that Denver wants to move up to get a receiver. Oakland's supposed to love Jerry Judy. They want one. <laughs> Damn, yeah. we keep, he, keep draft, he drafted two. Like, he drafted two two years ago when he bought that's one. Courtney. Oh, come and they on, want man. Judy. They want Jerry Judy. <laughs> Listen. I, I he really Matt Millen, Matt Millen in the, uh, up there. <laughs> Basically, it's what it sounds like. Listen, yeah. for all accounts, though, this is a very deep draft when it comes to wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Typically, if you have that, you don't need to make any trades. I don't know if it's any studs out there. It's kind of like a Julio Jones coming out. Like, that dude it might right be, there? D. It might be. Yeah, It dude. might be. It, it might, might be. be. Yeah, dude. Like, but they we, got some freaks. We Sam, Henry Ruggs. Wait, I'm going to say, see, dude, I'm gonna be, let me be honest. Yeah, go ahead. So, going back to the Alabama team, I remember me and my buddy Ron got into an argument. Mind you, I'm an Alabama fan, so mm-hmm. I followed them. I can't remember the tackle from the Lions that had a, a, a lot of guns. Remember... Uh, no, no, no. The tackle, he just left. Uh, no, it wasn't the Lions. He just left Tampa Bay. What was the tackle that Tampa Bay had two or three years ago that came into the league with uh, Indomitian Sue? Like, if his last name again. Oh, Gerald McCoy. Yeah, Gerald McCoy. Gerald it was Gerald McCoy. McCoy. I'm wrong. It wasn't F. It's Gerald McCoy. And I remember uh, that we were sitting there talking, and it was a trade. And I was like, damn, uh, what's the name? Should have got Gerald. I was like, what's the name? I don't know if it was, if I was talking about, uh, I think I was talking about, 
the uh, Atlanta, I was like, they should have got Jared McCoy because I'm like, Julio is cool and he's really talented. But at times, I don't remember that transition in all the time in Alabama. Like, actually, as great as Julio Jones is out at, at, at Alabama, he's better in the pros than what he was in yes. Alabama. Yeah. Like, for real. Like, you knew he oh, had yeah. the talent, mm-hmm. but it, you didn't know, like, like that, that, like that. So, even so, I'm saying that to your point, what you're saying to, to, to D, Ryan. Like, and even beyond that, dude, this going to be a guy in the second or third round that damn near play as well or better than Ruggs, uh, Judy, and CeeDee Lamb, probably, or at least at that level. But for some reason, I, and I'm an Alabama guy, I am low-key falling in love with CeeDee Lamb. I am. It's just something... Something about, and I hope it's I hope it's not system, but I'm low That's key. That's the fear. I know, I'm low key looking at him like, boy. But if it's so many of them, do you trade up to try to go get? No, them? dude, you're right. You, it's no. It's it, again now. If you see a guy and you like it's so much value out that there. dude is that dude right there is different than the other. Okay, so if you think Jerry Judy is just so much different. Mm-hmm. from the rest of the receivers, yes. But to your point, and also we always say this on the show, like how many teams win a Super Bowl with a high-paid receiver? Reeves, yeah. You know, like how, like how like how many times? Look, look again, we, we, we will roast. Um, what's the name? Uh, what's the, the general manager or the coach uh, down there in uh, the Texans? Uh, Bob. Bill uh, O'Brien. Thank you, Bill, Bill O'Brien. O'Brien. Bill we will O'Brien. roast Bill O'Brien to the heavens because he didn't get value for that trade. But in all fairness, before Deshaun Watson got there, and I'm not putting it at all on DeAndre Hopkins, but where were they at? I mean, as far as really contending. So, like, the value on it, you want a really good receiver, and at times you want to pay him, but having a great receiver really does not translate into winning championships. Yeah, it's, so very, I'm, I'm it's very few. Yeah, it's very few wide receivers that you look at. When I mean, they come in, it's like, this dude is in a, on another planet. It, ain't, mm-hmm. it hasn't been that many in the NFL. And you have so much value at that position. Me personally, I wouldn't be copping over somebody else just to go get that guy when I know I can find me probably a, 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 a game changer in the second round. Maybe, what about, maybe you uh, luck up in the third round. You got the Mims What, about, what about Henry Ruggs? Would you want to go up for him? 4-2, but looks like he's an actual receiver and not yeah. just a speed threat. Yeah, yeah, dude. This dude, like, I'm not saying it, the talent ain't there. I'm just saying, dude, am, I moving, no, am I moving no, up there, pick? There are players like him in the draft, but there is nobody like yeah, him in yeah. my draft. Low-key, he could be the best out of all of them. Because of his speed and his ability to not be a track guy, to be actually be a receiver, as Ryan was alluding to. Yeah, yeah. Like, you got a guy that can go up, high point the ball, and also is, is taking off. And in this league, I mean, especially like we said, we said in Chicago, we was ready for Taylor Gabriel to be the guy to raise the roof up, basically. And you know the value of that where, dude, if one – listen, if somebody always has to play the back, you know what I'm saying? Like, dude, we got this dude over here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, you may want to sit there and bring somebody down in the box, mm-hmm. but you better make sure somebody's covering over the top. And he's so talented, you may want to have some help with that guy, basically. Yeah, right. Like, if you got a guy like that, it, I'm not, again, this isn't Randy Moss. So, let me, I'm not saying that this right. is Randy Moss. But we saw, and by my, all means, I love this guy. He was, at one point, the, maybe the best, but one of the best passing black quarterbacks at all time. But we saw the difference in Dante Culpepper when he did not have Randy Randy Moss. Oh, yeah. It it was a stark contrast, to say the least. So, like, if you got a guy that, man, people fear. Like, man, look at Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill, like, this bitty Mm. and abusive. But this bitty. (laughs) 
And uh, imagine this. I mean, but look, he just and he high points the hell out that ball. Right? He sure does. Yeah. He baby, as far as high pointing, he's baby Steve Smith when it comes to that. Yeah. But okay. um, just imagine, like, dude, you're talking about a grown man that's running like that. You know what I'm saying? Like a, a big dude. He may not be filled out, but he's six feet and above doing that. Man, dude, it's hard. Look, that, I, I'm happy I don't have to pick between those top three, to say the least. Uh, question for you guys also. What do you think we're going to be talking about after the draft, whether it's national or Bears related? What do you think is going to be the big story besides Tua? Where Herbert went. Mm. I think it's, it's going to be like uh, Daniel Brown last year. It's going to be like, imagine, okay, imagine if somebody trades up and we like, oh, you kind of remember like when the, like we were together recording uh, at the school at the time during the draft and we had uh, Dave Nuggets on and Mike Pendleton. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is when Laramie Tunsil fell because of the weed mask thing broke out right before. <laughs> right. And we was like, we getting Laramie Tunsil. Yeah. Right? Like we were like, man, man, we getting us all up. We getting us right Steve, there. Steve was so hyped, man. He thought right? he was news coming. We yeah. was getting Laramie, we were getting Laramie Tunsil. So imagine if someone trades up into the top five picks and we're, we're all going to be like, that's Tua. Even though now we hear so much about Herbert, even though some of that can be smoked, but some people say it's not. But then imagine when that team takes Herbert, if that team takes Herbert over Tua. You're going to be sitting there stuck because, listen, I got love for P.P. I'm not trusting Justin Herbert like that. And I, I, I get what he's saying with the measurables, but the funny thing is with quarterback, I actually don't feel the same about that as other positions because there's just an intangibility to quarterbacking that we just don't know. Like some guys it clicks and some guys it doesn't. And those drunken Miller guys that the 49ers drafted 20 years ago when it's like, man, look at this guy. Physical tools are there. If it's not clicking, clicking up here, I'm more like, especially with my quarterback, unless I have a great offensive mind, I'm going to be a little bit leery of taking that type of catch. I'm looking at NFL.com uh, right now, and they're mock driving for the second round. Uh, for the Bears, they have them take. They have them taking Jacob uh, Eason. Ooh, yeah, with I don't the, think so. With the number fifty pick, that's that's just so. a mock draft that's coming for NFL. All, all all arm and nothing <laughs> nothing more. So, uh, but no, for me, when I'm interested in besides Tua, um. Ooh, um, I, I don't know. I, I have like little small ones, really, because I, those are the, those are the big ones. I'm curious to see what's going to happen with Jalen Hurts. I like Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, I'm interested to see where he falls. If he's going to go in the second round, or could he fall away down to the fourth round? We don't know. He won't be in the fourth, uh, D. Yeah. Well, no, I'm, I know I, he shouldn't be. I'm he just, won't be in the fourth. He won't he be. In the, he, he should he's getting be overdrafted. He, I mean, not yeah. from where we thought he was. And I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting you. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. It's a good chance he's going to go in the second. Second, right? I, as he should. I mean, I think. I think he he built up into a, into a, a legitimate NFL quarterback. He has all Plus, the talent in the world. He looks like a guy a GM would fall in love with and mm-hmm. overdraft. Hey, man, mm-hmm. listen. You know, I mean, I didn't see Cam, but I, I, I saw Jalen. Um, <laughs> let me see. That's a small one. I want to see where the Bears go to. Wait, wait, wait. No, no. You got to reverse that, dude. What? You did that in reverse. You said oh, I, didn't I didn't see, see Jalen, but I did see Cam. Okay, just making sure. We got to keep that. We got to keep that <laughs> gag going properly. Yeah, well, I, I did see Cam that day um, before Cam retired. Now, like, listen, but now, now when Jalen is good, he's gonna start saying, "I did see Jalen walking down the street." <laughs> You're gonna go out to look at somebody though. You better go find somebody else. Cam's out of the league. And we're gonna oh, forget about him. Man. Yeah, man. Wait, well, nobody picking up Cam. All right, he get picked right. up. He get picked yeah, up. Yeah, should be. Um, I'm interested to see what the Bears do. Obviously. I'm I'm very curious as to if they are going to 
They just got rid of uh, Burden, right? So, I mean, it's Shaheen. Is Shaheen still on the roster? Or did he get let go yet? I is mean, he's he going to get the chance to compete. To he's, he's on the, he's he's on the roster. Right, he's, he's on, on the roster, roster. right? I'm he's going to be cut if he doesn't wow everybody. I agree. I'm interested to see if they might draft a tight end. I'm interested to see if they might go with a wide receiver. I'm interested to see if they're going to go with a cornerback. Those are my, and they got the two Safety second too. round pick. Safety too. I'm very curious to see what holes they fill. As I said before, to kick off the segment, the word trade should not be even in Ryan Pace's brain. If if anything, you trading down to get more picks. That's it. I don't want to see the Bears in the first round unless it's somebody that we about to get. It's like, oh man, we got rugs or we got somebody like a, a unbelievable wide receiver, right. somebody like that. Stay your ass. Don't forget. Damn. Listen, what you just said. Don't forget, speaking of Alabama receivers, mm-hmm. before Anthony Miller was drafted, he tried to get back in the first yeah. round and get Calvin, Calvin Ridley. He sure did. He so, sure did. And no. listen, and Ryan, you already said that, you know what I'm saying? Brian Pace has said he's kind of comfortable doing trades or whatever like that. So he has these two first round picks. We've said this numerous of times. They need to draft a quarterback. They need to look at uh, uh, a tight end. They need to look at an offensive line. Look at that line. They got to they got to shore that up too. But we know this dude likes to he likes to uh, do things. Yeah, he likes to he, he likes to trade up. He likes to be trade. Yeah, let me ask, let me ask you guys things. this. Let me ask you guys this. And how would you feel about this? So let's. I can say we can say Henry Ruggs the third, but let's just say player X. Mm-hmm. Let's say Ryan Pace moves into the first round mm-hmm. and gives up both second round picks, mm-hmm. but perhaps acquires a third round pick. Would you be happy with that? I think it depends on when they, yeah. when they target him. Mm-hmm. It depends on who. They, listen, I think that they need some help with Alshon. Uh, I mean, I say Alshon Jeffries, Al, uh, Allen Robinson. They need someone. And he got Alshon's name wrong. I did. Did I? <laughs> oh, I said Jeffries. Jeffries. Jeffrey. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, but who isn't here anymore? So, uh, but no, they need help next. They need help for Allen Robinson, right? They do need the other wide receiver. If they, if we hear they're targeting one of these stud wide receivers in the first round, uh, first round, I'm pr- I, I won't have that. I won't have that big of an issue with it. As long as there's no one like, obviously, this, these, these, these uh, kids coming out now have better ta- talent than Kevin White, right? So, uh, if they have if they have their eyes on somebody mm-hmm. like that, I'm fine with it. And of course, if they get a third round pick, I'm cool with it. But I man, he's burned us, man. He's burned us. Moving up, he's burned us. <laughs> I know. He really has. I don't want to get burned again. Really Listen, I'm not ODB. I don't want to get burned. You're not, once. You don't like it wrong? No. Hey, listen. <laughs> I got burned with got a real not once but twice. I don't want that. I don't want now, that pace. Now, D, that did not happen to D. He was referring to the old I'm dirty bastard. Older bastard. <laughs> Ooh, D oh, out here getting burnt. <laughs> Go listen to Answer the 36 Chambers. You know what I'm talking about. But he's burned us, man. So I'm kind of ha- listen, man. He be if it's coming out saying the band's gonna be trading up, man. I'm gonna be like, whoa, hold on, buddy. Yeah, hold yeah. on, buddy. Right. Ass there. I hope he really like looks at, I think it was the Leonard Floyd draft because earlier, what was it this week or last week, they signed Jason Spriggs, the tackle from green Bay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember, but in that Leonard Floyd draft, obviously he trades up and he gets Leonard Floyd. And in the second round, he wanted Spriggs. That was all the talk. And then green Bay took him. So what did he do? He traded down and he got Cody Whitehair. 
and then he got himself mm-hmm. an extra pick. Mm-hmm. I hope he kind of learns a Good little, point. like just looks at that draft yeah. and just Great says, point. Yep. I need to hold my water sometimes. Great point. Yeah, man. Do check us out. I mean, but hey, if you if you get enticed, hey, we'll see. All right, so come on back. We're gonna go into a little bit of the last dance in in uh, ESPN documentary about the uh, Chicago Bulls. All right, more Dean Davis show. Yo, what's up? This is Rashid Hadi, and you're listening to the Dean Davis show. Yeah. Michael, obviously, uh, in the wake of this incredible celebration, there'll be some very difficult business decisions. We're entitled to defend what we have until we lose it. If we lose it, then you look at it and you say, okay, let's change. Let's just go through a rebuilding. No one's guaranteeing rebuilding is going to be two or three, four or five years. Cubs have been rebuilding for 42 years. (laughs) If you want to look at this from a business thing, have a sense of respect for the people who have laid the groundworks so that you could be a profitable organization. D and Davis show, we are back. Uh, now it's time to go down memory lane. A lot of people's doing that as well. ESPN's The Last Dance documentary appeared uh, this past Sunday night. It's going to be basically every Sunday for five weeks, right? Over to like the middle of May. This four more weeks. Four more weeks of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, outstanding. Episode one, episode two aired this past Sunday. Ken, uh, for me, it was it was definitely going down memory lane. I was 17 years old when they won their last championship. Who means I was uh, 20? You was 20. Um, listen, I remember. I remember when they won. I went outside to my backyard. I had a hoop, and I was just starting to play basketball. You know, what I'm saying it kind of just gave me that feel like, oh man, Bulls championship champions again. But we knew that was the last dance, right? So oh, it yeah. also, yeah, and it, and it also brought up a lot of anger. You know what I'm saying? Sitting back watching it like, I cannot believe the Eagles. And you can say the Eagles all the way around, right? And usually you got to have a set on you and an ego to get that far and accomplish a lot of things, Ken. But I love the first two episodes. I knew a lot of the information. We're historians. We're, we're, we're sports fanatics. So we knew a lot of stuff. But it was also a lot of things kind of like little side things from back in the 80s that I didn't know. Like Michael Jordan basically called coming in the room like, yeah, he's a cokehead. He's a weedhead. He got all the latest. <laughs> I just went home and washed my dishes. <laughs> so, um, want to be great? I mean, you know, be great, yeah. He just went washing dishes. He was busting well, that, a couple down, but that's such a he great just wasn't part. doing it with with his nose full of powder. Like, that's such a great I only, part. I only bust down when my nose is full. But please go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> I mean, Montreal, a- Montreal Stroker, please continue. <laughs> <laughs> Newly dignified. Uh, it's that, that part was interesting to me because it's like, how many young players would be sucked into that? And like oh, you said, yeah. you want to be great, yeah. And at that time too, the NBA right? was known as a cocaine league. Man. Remember, David Stern is given the props for transitioning that tape delay finals coke league into what it is today. So, like what you're saying, Ryan, is on point. Yeah. Like, how many guys will come in there? and sit there and fall suit from the peer pressure or wanting to be included, or also just wanting to have some fun time because people got to remember at that, at that point, that's before crack and Coke was looked at as being the, the rich man's drug. Thank you, D you know, that was looked at as being the merchant drug, basically, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like that, like you, if Coke actually in some ways, this is before our time, but it was, it, it was viewed as being uh, a, a tantamount to being successful. 
Like if you could have money to buy cocaine, you were doing pretty well in your in life. life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what that's how people view this. He just said the rich man's drug. So you're talking about a young man in the league. This is 84. You know what I'm saying? This is like 87, 88. Like by then we knew it was like, man, like Nancy Reagan, right. You know what I'm saying? Like we to that point. So that's a great point. And like for him to make that direction, and I'm not saying that, you know, Michael Jordan may not have done a line or two in his life, but he just did. Yeah, Michael likes a party. Michael likes his ass was He even said in the documentary, I wasn't drinking and smoking at the time. Yeah, his eyes, <laughs> his eyes was red. I was watching that and I heard someone mention, I was like, damn, his eyes is red as hell. Well, he I'm had like, a he had a cup of something and two cigars. He didn't have, right it wasn't it wasn't even a listen, I enjoy whiskey. All right. I have way more ice in my glass than Michael Jordan. He had about four <laughs> ice cubes, and that bad boy was full. And cl- so you want to know the story, huh? Right? And it wasn't the first. But see, the thing, too, with Jordan, now give him props on this. When he played, not to say he didn't smoke cigars and stuff like this, mm-hmm. but Jordan always kind of said that when he was retired, he was going to have a gut. Yeah, he did. He was like, dude, I'm not. Once it's over, kind of like when we talked about the, the first um, the Draymond thing with Scotty. Like, Jordan basically says, during this time, I'm going to commit to this. But when my commitment is over, I'm going to live my life, basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's basically what he did. But uh, for me, I'll say this is a hot take. If it's at, supposed to be at 100%, I feel like this is at 88 to 90. You know, but I also think it's because I lived it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a lot of these revelations aren't new to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cool, but I'm not finding out a lot of new information. So it's not like I'm like, damn, it's it's cool. Especially I like to see the highlights and give my kids, my, my definitely my son, a chance to see it. And I mean, he's my son, so he knows he believes who the goat is because that's who his father tells him who the goat is, basically, mm-hmm. to a certain degree. And he hasn't gone off by himself to research and feel like if he feels like LeBron or whoever comes after LeBron, because at one point it's probably gonna be somebody that is the goat over Michael Jordan. I know that sounds crazy. But just life, that means, yeah, evolution. That's that's what happens. You know, there'll be some loser generations, yeah, some loser. But it'll be some guy who wins five out of six. And no, I'm saying the fans. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but but like, because one thing, and it's funny. um, Like I said, like I hate, I get tired of the LeBron MJ debate, where it's just like it's just not. It's so generational and it's so not important to a certain degree. Both of them are great. Do you feel one's greater than the other? Cool. Um, if we're going off of titles, it's, it's easily said. But, like, I see people that back LeBron and they list the times that Jordan got kicked out of different rounds. And it's just like, well, one, that wasn't in the East that LeBron played. Because if, 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 if Michael Jordan played in LeBron's East, man, he's, he's going to the finals without Scottie Pippen. Like, yeah. for, oh, for, man. For yeah. real. For now, real. They're, going, they're going to lose. But he's going to the finals without Scottie Pippen. Hey, how about this? Scottie Pippen would have made it to the finals without Jordan. He almost did in that era. Now, that's a good one. In that yeah. era. Now, that one right there. Yeah. Scottie Pippen would have played in LeBron's East. Yeah. That oh Bulls team. That, that, that Bulls team with, with a Hugh Holland's call, a foul mm-hmm. call on the tip finger. Yeah, they make the finals. They so, make the finals. They probably and, win a one. So that's even the thing where people even try to compare that. And I'm not dissing LeBron. I think, let me say this, because there was a debate on first take about athleticism. And Max Kellerman was saying he thinks basically Jordan is the greatest athlete ever. I've always said on this show 
the greatest athlete I've seen is LeBron James. And he's mine not, is Bo Jackson. But go ahead. And that's no, and that yeah. that's the that Bo Jackson, LeBron, Dion, mm-hmm. they're on yeah. even with even with Jordan. Jordan's close to that, but they're on just a physical field athletic thing mm-hmm. where it's like, whoa. But the only thing with LeBron, he's six eight, mm-hmm. six nine compared to those guys and carrying that much weight. But that doesn't make him a better basketball player than Michael right, Jordan. Right. Like that's the thing. Like he I've never seen an athlete that's that big and that fast as carrying that type of weight and can just move up the court. Like we compare him to Carmelo. Carmelo was fast. He was. Right. Like Carmelo was, was. But he wasn't that fast. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So like the, the generational thing sometimes. I feel like, especially and again, I know we use, we do this on the flip. We don't do this during during every show, but it also harkens to the problem in the black community generationally in general, where it's just this schism and like there can't be an agreement. And some would say it's people on the outside, but it's also just us on the inside. And it's just like, look, I'm trying to give you this information, and even though it's not what you want to hear, pay attention to this information I'm passing along. And I feel like when we were younger, we took that information in and it helped me. Like my dad, I remember my, like, I talked about this book in the past. I helped me when my dad used to, you know, talk about Will Chamberlain and talk about those, but he's also, my dad used to tell me like, you know, basketball, um, you know, it's a big man sport, but the guards are the guys with the most skill. Right. And he used to be like that dude right there. Yeah. He's probably the best. And he, he saw Oscar Robinson growing up, but he used to, he used to always, give me the honesty when it came to the evolution or whatever. And that's why I say at one point there will be someone better than Michael Jordan. I'm in Michael Jordan stand, but I will never sit here and be like, someone won't be able to do what he do, what he did and be a much better shooter by the time they came in the league initially, especially now where kids are shooting threes, like it's going out of style. Yeah. So that's they, just they, something they just learn how to do. It's something that they do. So there's going to be all someone, levels at all sizes. Right. There's going to be someone as physically talented as him and as determined as him. But because now the league, you have to be able to shoot the outside shot. They're going to grow up shooting that shot already. Right. Why don't you think about it? Uh, Well, it was cool seeing a lot of the not that I haven't seen footage already and knew some of the stories, but like 84, I wasn't alive. Mm -hmm. Damn, son. I'm joking. Yeah, so, man. Montreal stroker was there was no stroker in Montreal uh, before '84. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Okay. '89. <laughs> <laughs> the stroker has become ah the prophecy. Lefleur, <laughs> Lefleur, stroker. Uh, but it, it's cool seeing like the timeline, seeing how everything fits the puzzle pieces because mm. I didn't get to see the timeline play out and know all the levels to it. And just how they mixed all the sweet music with yeah. Michael Jordan. Yeah. That was probably my favorite part. When the LL Cool J on bad with the Boston Celtics. Yeah. I've been watching that like on repeat every day. Like I love that part. Yeah. No, it was good. I, also, too, what's, what I really loved about it is the behind the scenes stuff. That obviously, that's what it's kind of the documentary is kind of built on. Like uh, inside the locker room. You don't really see that even now. Really, I mean, we've been in locker rooms before, but to just kind of see that with a GOAT team like this, man, you don't get to see footage like that. You don't get – like, man, when the French – um, when it was over in France and the guy, I think he was a producer that worked on the show, walked up to Mike like, hey, can you sign this? And Mike gave him a look like, man, come on. 
and looked away. Common like, did that. Like, man. <laughs> but yeah, Common was trying to get a little money. And he was a little black boy from the South Side. So Mike held him out. This dude was like, man, I know him. Man, 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 come get your guy right there. It's like, man, come on. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. And the way dude was like, I tried. <laughs> so it's like little stuff like that that you don't see. You you hear stories about about how people interact with Mike. But to see it on behind the scenes, or who was that who asked uh, who Ron Harper was hugging and then um, asked Mike for a hug? Was it Burrell? Yeah, I think it was Scotty Burrell. Scotty Burrell, and Mike Mm -hmm. gave him a look. And it's always cool to see young Mike, too, because Mike was like, what, 34 at that time? Which, okay. When people talk about. He was younger than us. But but, but, when people talk about LeBron this season, and this past season, well, well, maybe this past season, this current season, I should say, mm-hmm. and how no one's paying. Because LeBron is, what, 35 right now or 34? I think he's about 34, 35. I think he's 35. Well, I think he's 35. Yeah. And I think he just turned it. And, and that's the thing. Season. And so we, we diss Mike in a way because, you know, still at this point, LeBron is a quasi-high fly, but LeBron is also like four inches taller than Michael mm-hmm. Jordan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though I see this vertical thing that came out the other day, I don't know, especially when it comes to LeBron, like, man, pay respect to LeBron. Like, stop disrespecting yeah. LeBron. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But He's 35. We dis- But the thing is in that Jordan was doing that, and to watch those highlights and how still athletic he was at 34 mm-hmm. and winning championships. championships. Like, that's like when you – so just from people that's looking at LeBron, like, man, he's doing this and he's at 35. Yeah, Jordan was doing that, and he was still winning titles. LeBron didn't win a title last year. He didn't win a title this year. Jordan won a title both years, basically. So just to, like, keep that in your mind. Be cognizant of that when you're comparing these these two players as far as what the end product is supposed to be. And this is when the team at the last season, which we going into episode two, so we're really about Scottie Pippen and how Mike came out and said, like, at the particular, we talked about this earlier, he was, he was selfish at the particular time because he was hurt. He could have got, got that surgery in the summertime so he can go into the season and try to win. And then Mike had to put everything on his shoulders. And Dennis. And Dennis, now the, the next couple of episodes going to be, uh, uh, I saw Dennis on uh, first take. He said episode three. I'm like, 95% of that episode is all about me. Real quick, D. Yeah. The thing was, Dennis had to take out. We mentioned, and one thing that they're not going to say this on here. Mm-hmm. Tony Kukas, we said this at the beginning of the show. Tony really stepped in and started starting that season. Absolutely. But the thing that they keep pointing out is what Dennis did. And it's funny because I finally saw today they showed one of those Dennis long range shots. They showed him hit a turnaround three from the corner. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you because Dennis could actually shoot. Yeah, he just didn't. He didn't need to. He didn't have to. He didn't want to, and he he didn't want that pressure. And also in college, dude, he was averaging like twenty some points a game. He didn't want that pressure. He's playing scrubs, but he didn't want that pressure. He was doing it though, and he wanted to keep that narrative going. And with the Bulls, they didn't necessarily need him to score. It was better because at the time, the Bulls really wanted like Michael Jordan wanted Jason Williams from the Nets, Mm. who prior to that had led the league at least once or twice and rebounded. Like that was one of the guys he was going for, and even that 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 Jason Williams, that iteration of Jason Williams, he would have wanted more shots. It would have been closer to how how Horace Grant used to complain about they not giving me enough shots, which we know he didn't need that many shots. Now in hindsight, right. being twenty twenty, like you were who you were, you didn't you you were the pop out guy for fifteen. You didn't need that many shots, basically, that you were complaining about. You didn't grow anyplace else after you left there, even though you went to a place where in ma- with the Magic where there weren't a lot of shots to go around for him anyway. Right. Uh, and that wasn't the role necessarily that he played. But still going back to it, when you look at what Mike was doing at 34, 
and then at 40 averaging 20 points in the NBA where it was still more physical than what it is today. Mm. You've got to just put some, you got to put some respect on that man's name. My, my question real quick is this for you guys. Hey, what's up? Do you feel that since we know that Michael Jordan had control of this, that basically after LeBron had beaten the 73 win uh, Golden State team, that that's when he was like, put this out. <laughs> do, you, do you feel now? Nah, not now. Not now. Nah. Do you, feel, do you feel that there's a lot of slander when it comes uh, postmortally to uh, Jerry Krause not to be here to defend himself? And it, well, I guess a good question is: Is it deserved? Is what I should say. Um, I, I, that's the one thing I kept saying because Chanel and I was watching. I had Grace watching it too, and she and she then she uh, fell asleep. Uh, but that's and the then one you thing. Shake, you shake it, D. I, I want to wake up. <laughs> you watching the goat? <laughs> I was about to say the goat zone. <laughs> the goat zone. <laughs> 23, 33. <laughs> Prangle. <laughs> uh, the one these. It's like, raise it, raise it, raise it. <laughs> um, um, no, no, no. Uh, that's the one thing I kept saying to Chanel is like, Although there are, I think they are telling a pretty good to, total totality of the, 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 the totality of the story. Yeah, he's not here to defend himself, and he wasn't here to actually appear on it. Because I think Jerry Krause would have done it. Because oh, you know yeah. what Jerry Krause would? I mean, Jerry Krause would have said, "Yeah, this is what I did." He listen, Jerry Krause would defend himself if he Even had. You was going to get that, and I think he. I think more people would probably even give him more vitriol if he was still here. But they telling the full story, man. Listen, as I said before, Ken and our favorite team, Jerry Jerry Reinsdorf owns both of them, and Jerry Krause has been a part of both of them, and we've heard plenty of stories on air and off the air and behind the scenes about all these teams. We've heard it. So even if he was there, he would have got it. Um. It's sad that he's not here to kind of be a part of it. But at the same time, we all know that Jerry Krause uh, broke up the team. You cannot forget that he also built those teams. And it was some, it was, in, it was in spite, some a part of it, you know, like, oh, Charles Oakley, yeah, Charles Oakley, yo boy, get your ass out of here. Bring me the well, guy, no, that was a good guy who shoot like this. <laughs> to, to jump in real quick, that was a good trade. It was a great they trade. Did, That's they didn't point. have a real, they didn't have, but let me say this, there was still stuff, and again, not to say Mike is right, mm-hmm. like the Jason Caffey trade, which actually you kind of talked about in the past. Like, Jason Caffey, by the time, I think it may have been, a, I don't know if it was the second or third, three, uh, title in the, the second three beat mm-hmm. but he actually was a good player especially for a team that didn't have someone that can score around the hoop that was quasi a big or whatever and even though he had a lot of baby mamas which i don't need to bring up but that's the type of person I am. yeah but uh even though he had a, but jerry cross don't like stuff like that but even though he had a lot of baby mamas like they were peeved because you took away a key cog during the championship run. So there were times where it was viewed that even during the championship run, Jerry Cross wasn't necessarily doing the utmost to secure that next title. My man's had Tim Floyd around during the last year of the championship. No. 90, he said 95, yeah. 96. He was around he was like, 95, 96? I thought he, he was around 97. They, no, it's been reported today because he was on someplace down there by Baton Rouge or whatever in, in, in Louisiana. And he reported that that's when Bulls 
ownership, not management, ownership. First one of him, they start talking to him to come on. So we're talking about like wow. two years, two years later, you want this bum, right? This college bum. Like, think about that. You got the championship team and these cheap bastards, mm-hmm. basically, are like, you know what? Let's get this college coach who's won enough. They didn't go get Coach K, a Chicago one or something like that. They didn't go get Bobby Knight, a guy in Indiana. You know Because that would have cost a lot of damn money. No, I would give you this. I played a little devil's advocate with you. You know why they Mm -hmm. did it? Because they Mm -hmm. felt they did the same thing to Phil Jackson. But no, and Jerry, and Jerry and, and Jerry Krause, I mean Jerry Rhymes upset that like without Jerry Krause, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a Phil Jackson. Listen, all I'm trying to say is yeah. their their wins inflated their egos even bigger. Mm-hmm. But the issue was, my man's, you set something up. You mm-hmm. set it up. You can mm-hmm. sit on your you can sit on a pedestal forever. You built this, let it run. It's like right. it's like Ford. Inventing the car and was like, man, you know what? These four wheels, bump that. I'm gonna do it with five. Not the car, no, dude. The factory. You mean the factory line? I'm just. Not no, I'm the, just. Not, I'm, but I mean, I'm for that's what yeah, Ford. Yes, yeah, yes. It's the it's yeah. the factory line. Let's pivot yeah. to bicycles instead of cars. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it yeah, it's was, like you built it. You are you are a visionary. You built. But he didn't draft. Team. He didn't draft the most important player. He did. And, his and, point, and he was spiteful. He was spiteful of it. He was trying to prove. And validate himself. Yes. And it was the stupidest thing ever. The fact that, like, I saw someone mentioning, like, in today's NBA, if they would have broke up the Bulls, people kind of would have been like, well, at that time, it made it made sense. Dude, they didn't lose a title. Like, yeah. Like, like we grew up seeing, like, the Lakers lose a title. We saw Boston, Boston, the Pistons. Like, look, they didn't win one. But even with against the Pistons, where you have Portland, like, they didn't lose a title. Like, it's not even one of those things where the Bulls were, like, uh, six out of eight. You know what I'm saying? When you still be like, you got to keep them. They six out of eight. Mm -hmm. They were undefeated in their run. And your ego told you, and this is the worst part. And of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. The worst part is they had the ego to think. And when that Jordan shows, when he's like the Cubs thing, he's like, mm-hmm. who says it's gonna be three to ten years? The Cubs been rebuilding for, for forty two years. years. Yeah. But the, the point is, they're still rebuilding now out of lucking up out of Derrick Rose. Yeah, and they they had they they lack hubris to think this is something that we can do. When Jordan was there before you even got there. But you couldn't respect the fact that you lucked up on something. You thought, nah, this is what we do. And, 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 and one last point before you jump in, D. Mm-hmm. Reinsdorf talks about not knowing anything. We talked about it, about basketball. But you sat there, and not just Jerry Cross, who definitely scouted basketball before coming over from the White Sox or whatever. But you sat there not knew. You, you're admitting your naivete when it comes to something. But also, you're empowering someone where also it's time to go out and ask, so look, does this make sense that I'm doing this? And my last thing, a lot of some other people, and not including Jerry Ross, I mean, Jerry Cross, I mean, Jerry Ronsdorf, rather, that, that the amount of money that we're talking about a Bulls team that wasn't playing Mike and that wasn't paying Scotty, right? And didn't want to pay this coach. One thing we don't talk about. Uh, Jerry Ronsdorf felt like Phil Jackson's agent should not be in those negotiations for his contract. Because he felt like a coach is part of the front office, and he does not, mm-hmm. think, and he does not go through agents when it comes to management. So that was a part of the thing, the, the problem with them. Yeah, yeah. But when you when you sit there and look at the the, the lack of hubris that when it comes to them and thinking that they can repeat this and didn't know how lucky they were. Like the fact is, Jerry Ronsdorf has made sound businesses. Excuse me, he's very lucky. 
that Michael Jordan was there and even with the White Sox. And I mean, he already on the team. And you end up with somebody like Frank, Frank Thomas and Beret and, uh, you know, Hernandez, all those guys from the early team and the guys from the later yeah, team. Yeah. You know well, that, yeah. I want to say ahead, we, got a, we only got a minute left, so we got to get out of here. But I was going to say the one last thing is I'm just happy that Scottie Pippen, who was my favorite player, although Michael Jordan is the greatest player. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just happy. so big boy on that, Andre. I love, I love Scotty Pippen. I love the game. I'm just glad that he's getting his flowers, man, because everybody is now you're recognizing so, how great so Scotty Pippen is. He's great. He's great. All right. Hey, before we get up out of here, man, remember, follow us on Facebook.com forward slash Dean Davis Show, Instagram, and Twitter at Dean Davis Show. Click on the link. You can follow us everywhere and download, rate, share the uh, podcast, and watch us on YouTube as well. It's great to know that you're Scotty Pippen. It Big boy. me to know who I am. Oh, my God. Get out of here. All right. All right, a horse grant. It's, it's, great that you're, it's great that you're big boy and I'm Andre. Uh, I love that you know that and you go I out love, and do you, I love Scotty I'm just saying you love like I bet you love Rodimus Prime more than Optimus you nah. <laughs> I know you do uh, but anyway real quick don't do anything stupid keep everybody safe uh, we appreciate you checking us out and continue to check us out keep your hands to yourself